Welcome, everyone, to the sixth episode of VentureCast Rebuild. I'm your host, Vikas Raj of Axion Venture Lab. For new listeners joining us, Axion Venture Lab is a global fintech and inclusion investor. And in this season of VentureCast, we are exploring the fast-changing financial inclusion landscape and how investors and entrepreneurs are meeting the challenges brought on by COVID-19. We're kicking off the second half of the season today, and we're really looking forward to diving in with more entrepreneurs to learn about how the crisis is impacting their customers and how they're stepping in to help. And with that, I'm really excited to go around the world to Delhi uh, to introduce this week's guest, Rohan Kumar. Uh, Rohan is CEO and founder of Toffee Insurance. Uh, an insurance company which provides customized policies that are highly relevant for working-class first-time insurance buyers in India. Uh, Toffee is also one of Venture Lab's portfolio companies. Rohan, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, can you tell everyone a bit about how Toffee works and who you're looking to serve? Thanks, Vikas. So we started um, Toffee, and by we, I mean me and my co-founder, Nishant, uh, about two and a half, three years ago. Uh, we didn't come from the insurance ecosystem, but we very quickly realized through our uh, background experience in consulting and working with big insurance businesses that uh, the penetration of insurance products in, in India was, was very, very low. And besides the fact that there were about 60 plus insurance companies operating, um, almost sort of at the lower middle income level, uh, very far and few people had some sort of a protection product uh, that was available to them. So we felt that there was a better way to do it. Um, and, and sort of we decided to get into the space and try to create products which would be a lot more simpler to understand. So really sort of work on creating products which were accessible, affordable, and relevant for mass market use cases. Um, and we did this across sort of a wide range of uh, categories, everything from life, health. So things or picture insurance products like bicycle insurance, malaria insurance, uh, you know, hospital insurance, uh, income protection insurance, and so on and so forth. Um, the mass that we're trying to sort of uh, target here is really sort of the next 500 million consumers who today are out of the financial sort of gamut of protection. Um, they haven't been served so far by traditional insurance businesses because it's just really hard to get out and reach out to these customers. So we build a business on the back of the fact that we will work with as an intermediary with uh, multiple insurance providers, uh, co-create interesting products which we can serve uh, via channel partners, and that's how we reach out to the, the customers at the moment. So uh, really sort of narrowing the risk down for consumers so they're easy to understand products and the process is simpler for them to buy into a first-time insurance policy to begin with. Got it. Got it. And there's a lot you said there that I want to dig in more to. But just to start, before we even get into the impact COVID-19 has had on your business and your customers, you know, what are the key challenges that your customers face in trying to get insurance just in, in general? You, you talked about how um, mainstream insurers find it too hard to get to um, low-income consumers, uh, too hard to understand them. You know, what, what, what's, what's sort of the key challenge there? Why aren't people buying insurance right now in India? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's a couple of uh, big themes out there, right? So uh, because we're in a developing economy and the per capita income is so low, typically one has been, uh, there's two sort of fundamental problems. One has uh, the problem of liquidity. Uh, so there's not too much 
income available outside of what they used to live and, and, and buy for food and, and pay for their kids tuition to save enough money or to really consider uh, putting money in for protection. Um, and the second is that there is hardly any awareness. So, you know, unlike other financial products, uh, insurance, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about pre-COVID. So pre-COVID in the last sort of two or three decades that insurance companies have been mainstay, uh, it, it's almost always been a push product. So somebody had to push the product to the consumer, whether that was a bank, whether that was an insurance business. Um, and that required somebody going door to door. So we still remember, you know, the 30 year old uh, life insurance sort of business in India, which had feet on street model, people going door to door and getting people to sign up on insurance products. Now that has its sort of own constraints in terms of reach uh, and you can't reach that many people. And, and you chose people who could afford versus people who couldn't afford uh, because that's the way that they could adopt or sell more insurance policies. So sort of those two fundamental problems really created this big disparity in terms of why people, one, don't have insurance uh, and two, the product was so sort of cumbersome that even if they had somebody selling it to them, they would typically not be able to go out and ask somebody, hey, what would that product look like if I wanted to buy it? So really sort of two big issues there. Got it. So, so taking those two as the, sort of the core, the core um, uh, constraints, the core, the core uh, issues with um, sort of low income, low middle income Indians um, buying insurance, what has changed with COVID? Has COVID um, changed how your customers view insurance? Absolutely. You know, look, I think, um, and it's not just changed for the bottom end, it's actually uh, all the way through. And we find yeah. that, you know, if you take, uh, even the urban poor, the middle class, the upper middle class, everyone right now, um, look, insurance at the, at, the, at the base level is, is driven by the sense of fear, you know, fear of mortality, fear of, you know, you getting hospitalized or something, fear of, you know, losing your stuff. Um, and that, I think, COVID-19 or pandemics like this typically come and change or create a behavioral change in people's mindsets. And what this has done is that globally, it has now almost changed the perspective perception of insurance being a push product to a pull product because everyone is out there reassessing how much liquidity do they have? Do they have enough safety nets for their kids? Uh, do they have enough uh, savings if they were to get uh, to the hospital? Uh, they're hearing stories on how much, you know, private hospitals and, and public hospitals and the infrastructure breakdowns are causing a sort of an impact onto their banks and their savings that they've, you know, had for years and years. Uh, Add to that the level of unemployment and the economic slowdown. So all of these factors really sort of have created this sense of, I would say, fear that people are saying, we need to make sure that we've got ourselves covered to a certain point. Um, and that's made uh, a significant rise uh, in terms of people asking for insurance. Uh, and I think there's very few times that this happens. If you look at sort of, you know, in decades for various sort of different industries, that behavioral change becomes so important that because it then has lasting effects for the next 20, 30 years. So yeah, so it's, uh, I think COVID-19 has had a huge impact in terms of changing people's mindsets and really sort of going out and proactively looking for products that they could buy into. So that gives them some level of comfort in terms of not being too exposed to both the economic downturn as well as sort of uh, health or medical concerns or mortality. Right. So, so can you talk a little bit about then how Toffee has evolved um, to, to respond to that, to that change in sort of the, the 
consumer's mentality uh, in terms of either designing new products or new customer engagement methods to sort of address that new demand? Yeah, because I mean, so I think pre-COVID, you know, our our business was um, sort of focused around creating sachet or micro insurance products. Um, and we would take these products and we would embed them at different channels. So take a bicycle insurance product, which was the first that we built out uh, in the country. And we'd go and sort of uh, embed ourselves across various point of sale ecosystems, whether online or offline. And so when the purchase for the primary product was happening, uh, the relevance of buying an insurance product sort of made sense because the customer then didn't have to think too hard about it. Now with yeah. sort of COVID coming into so, play. And actually, Rohan, let me, let me just, so, so just to finish that. So c- can you just describe in a little bit more detail? So what did that look like? Somebody would go into a place where yeah, they would so, buy a bicycle otherwise? Correct. So, so let's say, uh, you know, somebody would go into a physical store to buy a bicycle that he uses to commute to work on a daily basis. Um, and as the salesman is pitching him, you know, other accessories to buy, uh, he's also pitching them to buy an insurance plan, which is, you know, a policy that we built together. Yeah. Uh, he uses his app, uh, which is a toffee seller app. He uses that app, puts in a you know, few pieces of information, collects the money uh, from the uh, consumer. And before the customer is out of the store, he has an insurance policy and his bicycle is covered. And the bicycle is covered both for theft as well as damage, uh, along with personal accident of the rider. Um, and so it's, it's, it's sort of a mix of uh, efficiency. It's a mix of being very, very affordable. Uh, you know, for a cycle worth $100, you're paying $3 or $4 uh, for a typical sort of insurance plan, something which is easily accessible to him and, and affordable by him. Um, so that made the process very easy for him to be able to sort of get an insurance product where never in his lifetime had he heard about a product where he could actually insure his bicycle. Right. So, so that was sort of our you know, model and that model still sort of continues. But what we realized with sort of COVID-19 coming in that I think when people started to reassess their protection layers, we found that there were sort of four big gaps and everyone sort of goes back traditionally thinking about, I've got to look out for my mortality. I've got to look out for my hospital expenses. I've got to look out for my income because there is going to be an economic downturn. And I've got to look out for protecting the assets that I own. We felt that these were sort of the big four sort of, you know, call it traditional, but sort of key sort of areas where everyone started to reassess their protection needs. And we felt that even today, after, sort of, like I said, after having so many insurance businesses in the play and a bunch of insurtechs which have come around in the last few years, we felt that there was still, from a consumer point of view, a lot of compartmentalization of when it comes to insurance. So you had to think about, okay, I need to take life insurance. I need to go figure out how that works. If I need to take health insurance, I'm being pitched by a telecaller or by an insurance business about what's the right product to buy. Right. I look at home insurance. I look at, you know, so on and so forth. So we said, look, why don't we come up, you know, especially for the lower middle class where there isn't going to be enough liquidity. A lot of people have lost their jobs. So it's not that they even, you know, there's two things. One is uh, I assess my that I don't have enough insurance, and two, do I have the money to be able to afford it? Now, I can be scared, but if I don't have the money, I really can't do anything about it. So we wanted to really take a different view. We said, look, why don't we do two things? From a product perspective, almost think of it like a subscription plan where can we cover a certain portion of your life, your health, uh, and health is for your, you and your family, your home, um, at one single as one single product. So you don't have to think about all of these 
nuances of each one of these insurance products and we'll price it on a monthly basis. So where you don't have the ability to pay $100 straight up, you pay us you know, $10 a month, right? Um, and, and that was possible because of a couple of things. One, they, you know, over the last few years, the, the payment ecosystem had become so sophisticated that we could actually deploy or piggyback on the payment ecosystem, which allowed for sort of an auto debit mechanism across the board. Right. So really sort of making it easy for the low income consumer who would never be able to buy insurance before now says, look, I'll pay 600 rupees or 700 rupees, which is that's the equivalent of $10 and buy myself enough coverage so that if something was to happen, I don't have to worry about it. Right. So that is that and that's something that that's a new approach in this era. In, in yeah. 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 That's absolutely it. So, you know, we uh, we had been thinking about this product uh, pre-COVID, uh, but really sort of when COVID hit, we felt that, you know, of course, the other lines of businesses were, were going to take an impact because, you know, retail and point of sale was going to adjust to the new reality. Yeah. We felt that there was uh, a huge need for us to reprioritize the product where uh, even though these were traditional products, we almost wanted to bring the same, you know, uh, sachet style approach to these products where they were easy, affordable, and accessible, and people could understand a little bit better. Yeah. Um, uh, we had already created a distribution network over the last couple of years with multiple point of sale uh, channel partners, etc. So we used those channel partners to distribute these products uh, to the existing customers. Um, so again, it allowed us to do a couple of different things uh, at the right time, but we felt that was, that was to be our focus going forward because we feel that now uh, this product is going to make, you know, today our demographic for this uh, consumer because is someone who's earning 25,000 rupees a month and that would translate to about $300 a month. Right. Um, and for somebody who's earning $300 a month, he can't write you a $300 check. Mm. So for him, suddenly he's able to sort of pay out 10 bucks. He said, look, I have enough money to give you $10 a, $10 a month and I'm happy to sign up for it. Um, and so really we feel a, a massive impact coming through sort of uh, this product. And so we focus now on just making sure that we're taking it across to as many channel partners and, and as many sort of consumers out there who want to sign up with this plan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, you, you are an insurance technology business and fundamentally there's a lot of elements to your business that are, that are digital. I mean, has, how have you leveraged being a sort of digital first business to better engage with customers? Yeah, I mean, so look, I think we, so for us, you know, there was a lot of speak when COVID-19 happened that, you know, businesses were forced to sort of suddenly turn a page and, and go digital. Yeah. You know, we started all digital from day one. You know, we right. almost had a hybrid or a digital approach as a secondary approach because we realized that when you went to point of sale, you had to cater to existing businesses and not all of those businesses were operating digitally. So we had right. to sort of take a hybrid approach. Uh, but in, in our DNA, sort of, we had already built a business which was digital. So for for it was for us, it was always the obvious choice to look at leverage technologies which had already sort of gone out and disrupted or innovated or embedded themselves in people's lifestyles, right? Whether there was um, using payment wallets, whether it was using sort of payment ecosystems, channel partnerships where sort of remittances were happening. So we sort of already knew where technology had solved for a certain sort of uh, constraints or, or sort of uh, hurdles and we wanted to build the product on top of those so that we're not introducing any new behavior 
the customer was already paying through wallets for his food, for his taxi. So for us, it was just an obvious choice to say, look, if you're paying for all of that stuff using payment gateways that you're used to, why don't you use the same payment gateway? So that trust was already there. Mm. Uh, so in, in our sort of world, it has been sort of digital all the way through. Um, I think where sort of the challenge and, you know, I'm not going to say it's been all sort of smooth sailing. The challenge for us has, has really been um, on backwards side, which is from the insurance ecosystem, right? Which is that you're still operating with legacy ecosystems and traditional insurers. So our speed to market with new products and new constructs always takes time. You know, we want to go out and offer a whole range of products. But the integration backwards is always sort of slow and, and, and sort of takes a lot of time. And especially with COVID-19, what we realize is that most manufacturers have been operating on their own timeline where they have not been able to sort of be completely digital, uh, which means that they're working on limited capacity, which means that every time we want to get, you know, uh, a piece of the puzzle solved or some help from their end, those delays are much longer than what we anticipated. So, you know, there are challenges from the backend perspective. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we've been, we've been, I, and I don't want to sort of sound heartless from saying it's, it's a great opportunity. The opportunity for us is being able to go out there and be in front of consumers who we know tomorrow, if they were to contract, you know, COVID-19, they would have some sort of, you know, coverage, which doesn't empty their banks. Right. So, so, you know, for us, it is, you know, from a business point of view, it's great because we've not pivoted, but we sort of created a new product construct, which allows consumers, but really sort of it's going out and solving for the infrastructure, which in the subcontinent, in, you know, it's always been sort of, um, is always going to be, you know, under capacity uh, for most people. So, you know, if you can't rely on public infrastructure, you are forced to go to private infrastructure and private infrastructure requires a lot of money. And this is what that comes in handy. Yeah, I'm curious. I, 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 I want to get to that sort of broader message, but you said something I, I want to just explore very briefly, which is um, how the insurance companies are reacting, you know, and, and, and how they're sort of catching up to this moment. Are, do you see them, you, you partner with insurers to actually carry the risk. Do you see them evolving quickly in this moment in India? You look, some of them are, um, not all of them. Um, you know, like, like I said, I, I think uh, for a lot of the businesses which had taken a step towards being uh, sort of not digital first, but digital heavy in the last year uh, have been better off. Uh, I would say 80% of the manufacturers. So, so we, you know, just to clarify, we're an intermediary. Uh, we work with insurance partners. We don't carry any risk on any other products. Right. Uh, we co-create these products with insurance partners. So even the Toffee plan, which is a subscription plan, uh, we have six insurance partners, you know, two for life, two for health, and two for home. Uh, and we sort of run, you know, some algorithms at the back, which assess the right product for that consumer, depending on what his needs are. Um, so the second part of your question, you know, the manufacturers have been uh, hit um, to a, to different waiting degrees. Uh, some insurance partners who were never sort of tech front businesses uh, have been extremely, extremely slow in responding to uh, the changing climate. Yeah. Um, you know, they have, uh, in fact, the regulator came around a couple of months uh, after the lockdown and said, you know, you need to go out and build out COVID-19 products uh, specifically. And you almost found them that uh, not a lot of the insurance or not all the insurance companies were able to come up with COVID-19 sort of insurance products. Um, so I think there is a sense of 
it's a bit of a catch up for i would say 80% of those manufacturers uh, the 20% who were already sort of towards the digital curve have fared better and which is where sort of our relationships have worked out really well with them got it so rohan a uh, final question what what is the future hold here i mean i i i I, I know you're being careful with your language, and I, and I think that's appropriate. It's a very, very hard time, um, 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 particularly for the financially vulnerable around the world. But what do you think is the long-term opportunity here, ultimately, to include them in the financial system that is sort of now possible that maybe was not before? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I think this is... Um, I think this is a great opportunity. Look, I think, uh, you know, and I said this before, that I think there are very few times um, over decades that you get a chance where there is a mass behavioral change. And I think the mass behavioral change has a huge impact, which is which continues to stay. So I think what's, you know, nobody can go out there uh, as of today uh, who's wanting to get into the financial ecosystem today and say people don't understand insurance. I think uh, something that has taken 10 years for people to solve has been solved in three months. So most people today, are actively looking, have some sort of information or have some knowledge. So I think it's a great opportunity to go out with interesting new construct, interesting new products, um, where people can find it much more easier to get into, uh, at least in our ecosystem, and the you know wider sort of fintech ecosystem uh, as well. So you know, look for us, I think it's going to be a constant uh, reiteration of adding uh, various sort of products to the mix uh, and making sure that we are able to sort of. Uh, go as deep as possible. I mean, we are talking about you know, half a billion people uh, sort of who still have reach and access issues right. uh, to be able to solve those. So I think uh, as, a, as an ecosystem, I think this is a great place to be. Uh, I think let's end it there, Rohan. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on VentureCast and for sharing your views. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week with the next episode of VentureCast. Thanks for joining us.